When it comes to an industry as essential as waste management, what are some of the unique processes behind engineering, maintaining, and operating landfills? On today's episode, we dive into solutions within this space that are improving sustainability, connectivity, the health and safety of operators, as well as local communities. Hello everyone and welcome to Inductive Conversations. My name is Joanna Cortez and I am the video content producer for Inductive Automation and I am joined today by David Hostetter and Dennis Siegel who are here to tell us more about the waste management industry and some projects you two are working on. David, Dennis, thank you both so much for joining me today. Absolutely, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And David, you're a returning guest on our podcast, so thank you for coming back. I'm glad that we didn't scare you away from doing these. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. Had a great time the first time and uh, looking forward to doing this one and hopefully some more. So to begin, I'm going to have you both take a few minutes to introduce yourselves, the companies you work with, your titles, areas of expertise, things like that. David, we'll start with you. Okay. Yeah, so I'm Dave Hostetter with SCS Engineers. I am our business manager for our remote monitoring and controls group. Uh, We're part of our uh, field services division within SCS. And basically what my job is is to uh, run the the remote monitoring and controls work that we do. So basically we refer to it as uh, remote monitoring and controls or RMC. But in in essence what we're talking about are remotely accessible uh, SCADA systems. So we use a lot of uh, inductive automation to do these projects. And yeah, my job is to run the group and uh, make sure that we're keeping our clients like Dennis nice and happy. And then Dennis, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks. So I'm, I'm Dennis Siegel with Waste Management. I'm actually the, uh, the, the senior automation manager at a, at a corporate level. And you know, our division here internally within Waste Management has several different roles. That alignment really starts from the leadership perspective. So, you know, utilizing technology or industrial automation, Internet of Things from a leadership perspective and understanding strategic approaches for landfill operations, recycling operations, and also working with our field operations as well for deployment of solutions. There's, and we're going to get, I'm sure, into a conversation today around uh, the challenges within landfill and, and other operations within the environmental footprint. But, you know, waste management has a large commitment to environmental protection, a quality of life, and of course, uh, overall, our sustainability. And a big part of that, of what the industrial automation group does for the company is to bring those components together using technology and kind of the Internet of Things and Industry 4.0. So it's an exciting time at the company, and, and, and I know myself and others that are working collaboratively with folks like David and his team enjoy the, uh, the day-to-day every morning when you get up to go to work. Since the two of you are from different companies, will you give the audience a little background on where you both came from and kind of the story of where you are now? Uh, Yeah, so uh, I guess a little bit on SES. We are a a decent-sized solid waste uh, and landfill gas engineering firm. We've got about 1,000 people uh, across the United States, probably most uh, well-known for our landfill gas work. I've been with the, the firm for almost 10 years now. I'm a mechanical engineer by uh, degree and training and uh, registration and professional engineer. And I've been doing controls work for uh, really throughout my career, mainly concentrating on it here for the last four or five years uh, since I've been with the RMC group. I have been installing uh, RMC or SCADA systems for probably the last seven years or so. When I first started with SCS, I was doing uh, really mainly related to uh, control systems. 
and uh, the basically how they're operating within a building. So we were going back into facilities, particularly hospitals, and doing retro commissioning on these control systems. So that really allowed me to dig into control systems and really how different sensors and all these things work. When that work ended uh, within the overall company, it was a, a big uh, government contract that uh, wasn't renewed by the, the government. And when that work ended, I started doing landfill gas work and really started to apply that controls knowledge to the landfill gas field. So that was about seven or eight years ago and really haven't turned back since that point uh, and have been really doing uh, almost exclusively controls work for the last four or five years. I'll jump in. Uh, so waste management is actually the largest environmental uh, management company in North America. We operate well over 200 landfills. We have a significant size of recycling as well. There's a good chance maybe most of your listeners may have seen one of our trucks coming down the road, or maybe you're lucky enough to, to catch the glimpse of one of our Phoenix Open, uh, the, the golf tournament. So, you know, with that, it's a big footprint. It's a big company, uh, a lot of moving pieces. You know, for myself, it, it's, a, it's a corporation I've been working for for 10 years also. It seems like it's moved really fast, by the way. And... Um, you know, got into the business in a unique way, you know, from a, being a controls engineer a long, long time ago, <laughs> I say, is that um, we had an opportunity. I was working for a systems integration firm to, to come in and do some landfill recovery work uh, for landfill extraction. And it was actually a high BTU facility where they would take the landfill gas, purify it, and then put it into a local pipeline. That kind of began the exposure of, of myself to the waste industry. And it was a very unique place uh, at the time. I, I remember getting into seeing the, the, the landfill gas and water collection systems, and I just thought, man, this is pretty neat. And, and in my background, we did a lot of nuclear work, and, and that stuff was kind of settling down as well at that time frame. And um, it was an opportunity for us to get into the waste industry. And before I know it, I had a, an op to, to jump over to waste management, and I began my career with the company as a, uh, as a field employee, working in different arenas with our oil and gas industry, landfill, our, our power facilities. And it was a really good experience to get out into the field and be hands-on. And then kind of moving from there, I had an opportunity about maybe about four or five years ago. I joined the corporate team and, and continued to, to, to kind of broaden the, the idea of technology and implementation of, of, of SCADA platforms and the value that they brought. And then a few years ago, kind of moved into a different position within the company that is really expanding that same forefront, but doing it not just for one particular business line. We're really focused on all of our business lines from collections to uh, post-collections operations all the way down to landfills that are no longer open. So it was, uh, it's been a journey, and it's continuing to be a, a really exciting time. And so, yeah, who knows what tomorrow will bring. Now, some of our listeners may not know much about landfills or the waste management industry in general. So before we dive into some solutions, can you give us an overview of the unique processes and challenges that are within your space? Yeah, no, it's, and I, it's a good question, right? So let's start from like even the residential side, right? Meaning we ourselves probably have some type of, you know, some collections uh, company that's coming to your house once a week. And probably, I'm going to throw it out there, you probably are not that concerned, right? It's not the forefront of your of your daily issues that you struggle with at your house. But I bet you at some point you're like, oh, if I don't get the trash out, right, that's not going to be good. It's going to pile up, and what am I going to do? So that's one home. You think about it, that's your house on one larger street in a larger community neighborhood in a larger city in a larger county within a larger state. 
So that's just one home that eventually you have that little bit of a feeling in your chest if you didn't get that garbage out that day and you missed it. Imagine what we're doing. Imagine what the industry's doing just on every daily pickup route. So we have a whole routing problem that we have to, or that we're going to be struggling with if, if from an industry perspective, right? You have challenges every day with a fleet of equipment trying to get out every day to every pickup and making sure that we're we're moving from and once again, right? Because if we're not picking this, picking up this material, it's community impact immediately. So there's there's challenge at the very beginning, and it starts at the edge of the customer. That goes to commercial, that goes to residential, that goes to medical, and then it, when it gets into, and we want to focus on landfills, when it gets into the actual footprint of the landfill itself, now you're sitting in a larger, very complex, by the way engineered bucket that we call a landfill today. And landfills today are nowhere near what they were 30 years ago, right? The the design, the techniques, the engineering that are going into these is highly sophisticated. Models are drawn out, execution of, of, of piping, inner working of, of collection systems of water and gas, because that's what you'll get. You buy a landfill, you open a landfill, this entity of a landfill will generate water and gas. And the, the gas is, is being produced from the breaking down of the material. The water is, is, a, is a, combo, a combination of that and even potentially some of the rainfall that's coming in while the landfill is in what they call in the working phase mode. So this generation of, of gas and water will continue for a very long time. We're talking decades. So you have to manage that. You have to manage that product. Uh, there's a challenge within that. There's a lot of effort that has gone in for, for the construction of the landfill, but as it continues to get bigger and larger, it does become more of a challenge, right? There's, there's more of, of, of everyday uh, operations from heavy equipment to that, to that gas and water component, which the high level of commitment for environmental protection and the regulatory side that drives a lot of the industry business around how we do things you know, take it as a benchmark, but from a, an elite standpoint of world-class service. Now we're looking from internally with waste management. We are we are always optimizing, always looking to challenge our own team members to make sure that we're driving to that that kind of circle of excellence. But uh, but yeah, I mean, David, you jump in here. But I, I you know, the water gas is a big part of landfill operations. It's one of the more challenging parts, and that's where we leverage technology as well as other places. But it's certainly one that we're finding a lot of return on value in, in, in that space of uh, investment. Yeah, Dennis, I think you're exactly right. There are a lot of challenges around operating and maintaining landfill facilities, and you nailed it right on the head that the liquids and the gases are really what <laughs> comes out of the, uh, the landfill factory. That's kind of how internally here within the RMC group we like to think about uh, landfills as being kind of like a factory that you got the waste coming in and it's coming across the scale and you're measuring how much waste is coming in and then your your products of uh, the landfill are the liquids and the gases and it's our job uh, to make sure that we're kind of standing in that gap and helping uh, the operations teams and the engineers really be able to work smarter rather than harder and if we're able to automate things and uh, do things efficiently, it's going to lower uh, the cost to operate and maintain the facility, and it increases the, the sustainability of the facility as well from an environmental standpoint and just a, a cost standpoint as well. Dennis, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, sustainability is, is big and in, in the forefront of how we look and we want to operate all of our facilities. Um, the drive, one of the large driving factors, once again, working in, within the environment or the, the communities that we operate in, you know, we're highly committed to making sure that 
we're, we're running these highly engineered structures like landfills to, to the optimum level. Yeah, sustainability, yeah, I can go on for a long time and maybe I should, right? But I, I think the other piece of this too is, and part of that sustainability question is the 24-7 operations. And you talk about like, what do, what do people don't know about a landfill? We don't, there's no turn off the light at night. There's no switch I can shut off. There's, you know, if I'm in food or beverage or if I'm in a different kind of a, you know, production manufacturing line, I can shut that line down for the night. I can shut it down. I can go home, right? I can tell everybody to take off. In landfill operations and that type of framework, there is no shutting off, no decommissioning. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind is that when we talk about landfills and, and trying to get maybe a more of a general knowledge of it, you know, the ability to say, you know, hey, just turn this light switch, you know, that, that doesn't work that way. Uh, so that brings another component to it, which really then is driving a need for that, you know, that advanced long range capacity, you call it, right? Or the ability to, to, to pull data out of this system to really be able to optimize. So that's one big piece. And I was thinking kind of about the whole value chain, right? So another piece of that is, you know, the material that we're collecting every day is getting landfilled and, and, and that breaking down of material is generating landfill gas. And from a sustainability perspective, you know, we, we are operating an enormous amount of renewable energy facilities across North America, which is taking that, that landfill gas for beneficial use. If it's not uh, generating electricity for the community, it's actually putting gas back into the pipeline that could be regenerated as a CNG fueling for, for vehicles and, and our own fleet, right? We have a significant, significant fleet uh, around of our own vehicles from a CNG perspective that is just you know, from an emission standpoint also that leans into that sustainability. So yeah, it, you know, it's, it's really driven from that full value chain. If you think about it, it's the life cycle of the material and how we are able to harness that from a renewable energy aspect. Eh, a long time ago, that wasn't the case, right? I mean, that's not that was not the industry. It would have been I don't want, I don't want to say wasted, but it probably was very well just wasted. You know, large amounts of landfill gas were probably just burnt off uh, in what would be a flaring operations, similar to oil and gas flaring operations. But uh, that, you know, that's not the approach today. Obviously, it's not uh, anything that you know, we're, we're more focused on trying to re reuse that that energy and, and really be that sustainable model. You know, the, the importance for us in that space is huge. And when you look at it more of a, within a microscope and you have to understand the footprint that we talk about, right? If it's four or 500 landfills and each landfill could be 100 to 300 acres of property, that's going to be a challenge for operational teams that are working in a manner of what historically was a very manual process. But, you know, the systems will continue to, to run and we need to monitor those systems in real time, not anything that sits back two or three hours. There's not a report in the morning that we go and look at the landfill. Hey, did the, how did the landfill do last night? There's no report, right? It's all real time and, and the ability for us to, to adjust to changing conditions in that real time mechanism is going to be vital. Uh, if it's not just for our quality of life, for our folks, our team members, for the community, but also for our sustainability. You know, David, and we look at too, you know, data, right? So it's all about data. We've talked before about data acquisition and we still do it. In, in some locations, but we do that, and unfortunately, as from an industry standpoint, pretty manual, right? And that's, but that's shifting away. You know, at some point here, we, we'll probably talk about some of the things that we're doing here at Waste Management. But that manual collection of data is is very challenging. You're 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 in an environment that it has deep hills, 300 acres, a lot of moving parts, flex machinery moving around, the safety aspect, 
This is a very rugged environment that is challenged and very cold, hot, and all times, you know, weather and time frame that we're looking to engage our, our staff with to maintain the operations and, and the quality of the landfill itself. Yeah, just adding on to that, Dennis, the, the challenge is, is kind of some of the fun that it is a, a very challenging environment to work in. There's a lot of uh, complexity that we need to work through on a day-to-day basis. So that, that's part of what wakes me up being excited to, to come into work. And I think you touched on this earlier, the, the essential nature of the, the service that the industry provides and in particular waste management, uh, how key it is to really being able to run the country, right? We can't have waste piling up around the country. It'll spread disease. It'll make people sick. It'll look bad. It'll pollute the environment. So it's, it's a need and COVID proved that. And, but you see it in uh, different uh, areas around the world too, the difference between uh, the United States and, and other countries and uh, places that don't have uh, centralized waste management services like uh, your company does, waste management, there to help out with this very essential service. And the work that we're doing helps to uh, maintain that service and be able to provide for it. So that's exciting to me. And then another really exciting thing for me, too, is that coming out of college, I knew I wanted to do something with my career that really made a difference. And for me, uh, the work that we're doing here uh, with improving the sustainability of really the planet uh, from a, a waste management, waste collection standpoint, uh, but then also just uh, making sure that we're properly disposing of things, that we're keeping this planet as, as clean and green as possible is just huge. And it's it's one of those things that when you've got a long day or a hard day or whatever, just being able to reflect on that and know that what I'm doing is making a difference. Uh, and I'm, I'm making this world a better place for my kids. So it's a awesome uh, place and time to be working. We're able to leverage newer types of technology to, to effectively make that happen. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though, Dennis. I mean, it's exciting. I've been blessed to have uh, quite a few uh, young people working here for me, and it's really cool uh, to be able to offer them a, a career that is making a difference with what they do but also getting to use super cool stuff. Like they're using Ignition to make these awesome systems that collect data and generate reports and just do all these really, really, really cool things. And it looks cool and it's fun stuff to be able to talk with people about and, and show to people. So it, it is interesting. Think of the waste industry. I don't know if it's something, and you talk about coming out of college. I don't know if you did that 60, 70 years ago, David, but you talk about coming out of college. And I do wonder, right? So you think about it, like that emerging workforce that's coming out, are they more geared thinking, I'm going to go work for some larger tech corporation that is going to offer particular, you know, challenges. But yet, you know, here we sit in this framework of, you know, we are a tech company. I think, you know, our CEO has said that we were, we're a tech corporation. We just happen to be in, in the trash business, but we're doing it in a framework. I mean, David, you guys, you know, you're from flying drones to, to we have remote operations of heavy equipment. I mean, we, we're in a space of, of just really at the forefront of a technical capability. It's just we're applying it to a different function, which happens to be a function that could really benefit back to the planet. So that's what's neat. And it's not, I mean, we're talking about the environment here. It's not just the environment. It's the local communities around that. It gets back to the uh, environmental social justice and social governance. Yeah, thank, thank you for that explanation and kind of setting the stage a little bit. So it sounds like there are quite a few challenges in the waste management industry, and I understand that you have developed an ignition-based solution within waste management to solve some of these challenges. Uh, go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, thank you for the, for the question. 
So yeah, there's challenges. Uh, there's challenges in every industry. And, you know, what we're trying to do is use technology to empower our people. And I think, you know, the solutions that we're using today in the landfill space, and it's a program that we run here inside waste management called Connected Landfills, and it does use the perspective module from inductive automation as its core. That platform is is allowing what we kind of been talking about here in the early stage is for our teams to have that connectivity, to have that visualization, to have that long-range capacity capability, uh, the ability now for folks throughout our organization, throughout our business lines, to be able to cross-functionally use our skill sets, our subject matter experts in a manner of real-time impact where before it was a moment of capture, meaning an event happens, questions are, are, are thrown out on the table, Teams are now collaborating maybe days, maybe maybe even weeks around solutions. We're here. We're bringing the team together in a collaborative effort. Connected Landfill is taking sensor data from the, you know direct feeds of temperature, pressure, things like that, but it's also taking historical data of some of our facilities. It's even taking data around some of our maintenance costs, and it's starting to optimize that. We're using data science to make better decisions in real time, and the inductive automation the perspective module also gives it from a mobility standpoint. The fact that we're not onboarding more hardware for our technicians in the field because they already have enough, can't be asking them to carry more stuff. We're simply leveraging that, the ability from a mobile perspective to go ahead and use your phone that you already have. And then that's the ability to make that connection between either localized teams in a particular landfill or a broader team within a state or a geographical territory or it's discussions with our whole own corporate endeavor. We had individuals in Virginia collaborating with folks in Canada on solutions and doing that in real time. That puts us in the position to be nimble. That puts us in the position to make better decisions. And it also puts us in the position truly to act within the, the, the confined spaces of the landfill operation itself in a most world-class effort around that, that, that operations that is going to be there for a very long time. Because remember, when we commit to these landfills, we're committing to, to years of operations, but we're also committing to years of post-operations, meaning the landfill will eventually stop taking waste. It will move into a different life cycle. For decades, it will sit there and continue to generate water and gas, and not many people will go to that site. Sometimes we have the ability to, to turn that back into community efforts with parks and some other components. It's definitely a, a successful platform that we've been using here at the company. We've been working with David and his team for deployment and design as well. And we've talked about some of the cool factor, right? And the one good thing that we are seeing too that gets us going every day is the quality of life that we're doing for our employees. Cool, because every time we put one of these platforms in and we connect that site, quality of life instantaneously comes alive for, for the folks. And it's great to see that, right? This, the ability to start bringing a better life for, for individuals that work here and, uh, is huge for us as well. Yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head with everything that you were talking about there, Dennis. The the ability to combine teams from, I mean, literally internationally. You, Dennis and I were doing it yesterday. That I here sitting in central Pennsylvania was working on something up in Canada with a technician from Canada. Not only for like repairs and stuff, but for making those intelligent decisions. We've had quite a number of instances where uh, we've installed uh, systems like this where once we get the, the system in there, we're really able to better understand what's going on and we're able to make some quick fixes that really improve the quality of life for the operator, for the local community, 
lowers the cost for the facility and improves the sustainability uh, of what's going on there from uh, an environmental perspective, but also just from a being able to operate it over time. Dennis is exactly right. These are long-term investments. It's a it's something that needs to be maintained over a, a very long period of time. Uh, and these systems really just are an awesome way to stand in the gap there uh, and essentially offer services to the, the facility without needing to have somebody physically there. So it makes it safer because we're not having to send somebody out there where they could trip or fall or, God forbid, get into some sort of traffic accident or something. So it reduces the health and safety risk, and it reduces the cost because you don't have to physically pay somebody to go out to the facility. If they need to make a change, they can do it from their house. It just really helps you to be able to better understand what's going on with the systems. We see that many times with what's happening with these systems, that once you get the data and you uh, look at it in the, the true context of the rest of the data, you're able to see relationships that may not have stood out before. You know, we talk a lot about Ignition solving pain points for integrators and industry, improving efficiency, saving money and time, and all of that is, is great. But it's really neat to hear about solutions that are improving the health and safety of those maintaining the facilities, you know, improving the community and solving environmental problems as well. They're stories that we don't get to hear very often. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, kind of a, a personal life thing. But two weeks ago, I was just out driving and in my just normal, it wasn't with work, but you could think about this in the context of work that we send people out or the historical way that things were done is that you send somebody out to the facility uh, to do something at the facility, whether it's get a reading or write down some data or make a change. Sometimes it used to be literally just to hit a restart button on something because you got to keep these systems online and operational. And in my personal life, it was on the weekend. I was driving off to, to go play disc golf. It's one of my passions in my life. And I was sitting at a traffic light and I got hit by a drunk driver in the middle of the day. Thank God it wasn't, but it could have been a life-altering thing that if I had put myself in the shoes of a uh, an operator for a landfill and I was getting called out to a facility just for something simple like hitting a restart button, that could have been uh, some very life-altering thing that would have affected me, would have affected my family, uh, would have affected the company, and it, yeah, it just could have been really terrible. So if we're able to avoid even just one of those instances of something like that, putting these systems in makes all the sense in the world. Because I, I know from SES's perspective, and I, I, I know from the, the industry as a whole, uh, people are our highest priority. We, we can't do anything without people, and people are the reason why we're here, and uh, we need to make sure that we're taking care of them. Yeah, I can't remember who said this, but I, I don't care what business you're in. You're in the people business, right? I don't care what you make. I don't care what you build. I don't care what service you have. So, David, it's a good point. I mean, at the end of the day, I think everybody is in the people business. And it's an endeavor, right? I mean, we're in a position where, you know, we have hundreds of landfills. So we have to start to look at ways to optimize our business. We have to give those tools to the, to the individuals that are going to be on the front line for the folks who are in the back office. We have to have a way to articulate our risk and our needs back even to, even to folks internally that are not either sitting on the operations side or they aren't even sitting on the front line, right? It makes the entire company the ability to visualize and understand the challenges that our operations team from even just if it's if it's our legal department, if it's our financial department, like what why does the challenges that we have in the operational space and what are we doing to better that? You know, and, and as we've been running forward with the connected landfill platform, the other side of it is we are seeing adding on right? if it's our module based solution where we and our capability with internal and external data, 
that's also going to be the best part of this as well, right? And that piece there, and of course, the solution that we chose using the induction inductive automation products allows us to be nimble in that. So, you know, if we want to change and we got to change course here next year for, for XYZ, we're, we're able to do that with the help of David and his team. You know, this is an internal platform that, that really we are in control of. And I can tell you from where I sit, you know, I know that's something that I stress pretty large with the company and the leadership is that we put ourselves in a really good position because we, we are now able to drive this boat how we see fit and, you know, also the forefront of uh, you just never know. I mean, nobody knew COVID was coming. It hammers down the need for that long-range capacity to be able to, to operate in that mode. And, you know, we and we were having our frontline teams every day still going out there. Every day, you're, you know, the, your, your trash got picked up in COVID. So that challenge was still happening at the landfill. But yet we were no different, right? We still had a, you know, we dropped our workforce out of out of brick and mortar facilities. We put them in remote applications. We sent everybody home, but we still had the landfill that we had to monitor. And, and we had a large success in using the connected landfill with our Canadian operation. Our management team, believe it or not, is in the United States for some of our Canadian landfill operations. And that, those individuals, those teams, obviously were not going to Canada. And I don't think they haven't even been to Canada yet. But yet with the connected landfill, those sites didn't miss a beat. We were plugged in every, every pressure. Think about it from a health perspective, your blood pressure, your cholesterol level. If you could jack in all of your, you know, your heartbeat, all of your metrics of your body and have a team of doctors watching you, helping you make decisions. I don't have to eat so many cheeseburgers, right? That's in sense what we've done with this connected landfill. That's what we've done with the help of David's team and utilizing the inductive software. That's put us in the position to be able to sit back and monitor what we call the today modern landfill to really go and spider about all the things that we just talked about with sustainability and the impact and quality of life. Yeah, Dennis, that's a, a great metaphor. I, yeah, you hit it right on the head with the, the whole basically kind of like a medical monitoring aspect of this. I mean, that's exactly what we're doing with these connected landfill systems. We are monitoring the health of the landfill and we're being proactive with it. We're not being reactive. We're not waiting until something bad happens to do something, we're, we're looking at the predictive indicators that if something looks like it's going to be coming out of range, we're acting on it then as opposed to when it actually is out of range. Yeah, yeah. and it's an analytics cycle because we're, we're heavily advanced analytics, data analytics, geared towards machine learning, right? Because as you pull all this data in, external, internal, it gives you the option. And this is and it's a, it's a it's industry 4.0 or whatever, but you have – you got to, you have that option now. It's all this data set is coming in. It's all related, and you you can really start to work together through partnerships or internally to to be able to lay lay down that roadmap on how you're going to go and drive optimization and efficiency with field data and back office data. Yeah, you you talked about the importance of kind of being able to kind of own your own future, so to speak, and I completely agree with you, Dennis, on that. I mean. SCS internally has, has chosen uh, Ignition for that reason as well. And I know one of the reasons why uh, we choose to continue to work, work with inductive automation is uh, the support that we know that's uh, there, that you can pick up the phone, you can call them. There's going to continue to be software upgrades that are pushed out. It's not something that's going to be going away anytime soon. So I'm sure that seems like a big question, but where do you two see your work going into the future? Yeah, good question. So... Wow. So maybe before COVID, I, I'm probably going to give you a different answer coming out of the pandemic, you know, from our personal lives to our professional lives. 
what it means to to kind of think forward in my position. You know, I I want to, I think from a business perspective, I think we want to be in a position that we can flex. Uh, that's going to be important. We know that. Sure, I think we all know that, right? If we can't flex, that's going to be a, a very difficult thing for any size organization to overcome with the potential future, if it's pandemics or economic challenges. But you know, in general. Our strategic plan is still, I mean, absolutely looking to optimize and, and, and making sure we're making frontline and management staff operations the best that they can be. That won't change. The way we build our landfills and the commitment and the engineering behind it, that won't change. It won't, it'll only get better. So I think where I can answer it is that looking from a technology, emerging technology capability, understanding how we can leverage that. Because the one thing we don't want to do is just install technology. I think you could be good at installing technology. I think a lot of companies could be good at installing technology. But what are we going to do to leverage technology? So if we can plan around leveraging our technology with our goals, right, our actual commitment goals, if it's the sustainability and the operations side of the house, and, and really to drive that home and making sure that we're looking from a larger picture to make sure that we can do our best. Because I think at this point, we've all learned, right? It's going to change quickly, and that's okay. But if we have a good plan and we understand where we're going and we stick to our, our commitments, uh, we can we can leverage that that technology. But more strategically, you know, um, real-time data coming off of landfills is going to be something that we're going to be, you know, obviously invested in. It's, it's allowing our teams to have that flexibility themselves, right, from just a smaller subset of, Maybe not the enterprise, but one or two landfills can now be managed with less effort, less stress. And that's important, right? Because with that point, then we're, we're making better decisions. Yeah, and I think we were, from my perspective, we were heading in this direction. But with COVID, I think it, the accelerator pedal was really just dropped. And we've gotten there a lot more quickly than what we would have as a society before this. From my perspective, I see a couple things kind of coming in where the work is going in the future that I think with the business that we're in, uh, there's a lot of environmental regulations and, and requirements, which is great because that's part of what Dennis said earlier, kind of sets the benchmark for what we should do. It's not what we do, it's it's the benchmark. We want to exceed the benchmark for these regulations. Um, but beyond that, we're, and Dennis was talking about this, we are just in this world that is so changing there's a an acronym, uh, VUCA. It's uh, volatile, uh, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And I feel like that just really fits the world that we're living in now, that things are changing. And really, these systems that we're creating just do such a good job of allowing us to be able to live in this world and make the smartest possible decisions in this world. It's another tool in our, our tool set that allows us to be able to get to uh, that best possible end uh, decision here. I think that that was a great final thought to end our podcast episode on. So Dennis and David, thank you both so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to have a conversation with me today and to share more about the solutions and the importance of waste management with our audience. Well, thank you uh, for the invitation. And I know I can speak for uh, the waste management side. We enjoy uh, working with inductive automation and, and doing things like this. I agree as well. Thank you very much for the opportunity. We love working with you guys. And thank you, Dennis, for the opportunity to continue to work with you as well. Hey, listeners, this is a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast if you're enjoying the conversations. Also, if you have a topic or a question you'd like us to cover, or if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, then please send your inquiries to podcast at inductiveautomation.com.